T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. I wonder if we're a bunch of suckers. If we, uh, you know, we tend to look at Philadelphia a year ago and Jalen Hurts, look at the breakthrough he had. Justin Fields can do that. We look at Baltimore and they've got uh, Lamar Jackson. And even though he's played really well, over the course of his career, he's getting better. You know, Justin Fields can do that. And the Bears, they're not, uh, they're not, they're still fourth in the NFC North, but God, they're ready to take that jump the Lions took. I just think we get ahead of ourselves all the time. What's the alternative? Um, you know, no longer delude yourself into thinking that that this is working as well as people seem to think, as, as you're being yeah, told. I, I, We're on the way I mean, up. That, that's a fair position to take. I, I think I don't call it – I don't think it's delusional. I, I think that you've got to have a goal. You've got to have uh, an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. You've got to have mm-hmm. expectations and a high standard. And so when you're looking at Justin Fields specifically – from year two to year three, you wanted him to take a Jalen Hurts-like bounce. Right. That made sense. You're talking about a quarterback that won the NFC uh, championship last year, was playing in the Super Bowl. I think that's the goal you want to set. This year, I, I think it's impossible to watch Lamar Jackson on Saturday. 150 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns in the air. You want that for your running-oriented quarterback. So I, I don't know if it's delusional as much as it's maybe ambitious. Now, you have to have a, a balance to strike that you're realistic as well. But I don't have any problem with putting goals where you think maybe you can't attain them. And then you have to pivot and you have to be ready to change if you're, if you're falling short of them. Yeah, um, I'm just – I just sometimes feel like we're – we're listening to things and we're being told things and we'll see, right? They got, they got two top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. So conceivably they could get the best offensive player, the best quarterback at number one and double back and get the best defensive player, the best uh, pass rusher with their ninth overall pick. You know, it, you, it, when you get the first player at a position, it's usually a nice indication that you're getting the best player at a position. Mm-hmm. So having that possibility, man, 
you know, you that would get you better in a hurry, wouldn't it? Getting a another quarterback, if uh, indeed that's the route they take, getting the best quarterback in the draft, a guy people have been waiting for to come out, and then maybe getting a defensive player. You don't even, you know, if you prefer the third receiver, do that. You're going to get a good player at nine. But you can get, you know, the idea that you get first pick on offense and defense I, somehow appeals to me. Sure, I think that's a great situation to be in. I, and I think your your rhetoric should reflect that. I, I don't want the Bears going up to the podium and talking about how they have swung and missed. And even though that may be – everyone's got a role here. If you're in the fan base, you want to be cynical and you choose that route, that's fine. I mean, you can be skeptical because the Bears have earned it. Our role is to kind of separate fact from fiction, hopefully – and provide our own analysis and insight and do whatever we need to do to offer opinions Mm -hmm. people can weigh. That's fine. That's our role. Their role, they better talk big. They better think bigger. I want them to compare quarterbacks to guys who they may not be as good at. I want them to look at defenses and, and, and think that it's special and it could take you to a Super Bowl. And I certainly want them to come up to the podium at the end of a season where you have the number one overall pick and it's a generational quarterback, and you've got a defense that's ready to win now, and I want them to think about making the playoffs in 2024. As re- unrealistic as it might seem to some people, and yes, it does sound like they're selling losing and packaging and repackaging that idea, I want them to talk a good game and to talk big so they have to back it up. Yeah, and I, and I would have preferred uh, you know action. I would have preferred them to have moved on from – uh, the coaching staff, not just the offensive coaching staff. Um, I don't know that I feel like they've solved all problems, and I don't know that the head coach is, is if it's anything more than a stay of execution. I don't know that. I mean, maybe, maybe they're ready to turn it around. Maybe they're going for their third year, or maybe they're still fourth in the division. And that's not a good spot to be since there's only four teams in there. Right, yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, you don't know, and I would have preferred they probably swing a little bit bigger and think a little bit grander in terms of the head coach, but they weren't going to pursue Jim Harbaugh. Why? I don't know. I mean, they haven't really explained that. I I don't have the answer to that, but they didn't. And now that they haven't. If he goes to the second team in L.A., right? The one that nobody really follows, they're a transplanted team. I get it. If he goes there, as he's been interviewed and there's rumors about it, they've got a quarterback, they got a pass rusher, they got some good things that would attract a coach. But it's not it's not like a team that you played for, a team that is a sleeping giant in the middle of the country. I I, I mean the Bears are the one team here in terms of the NFL. And I, it just it, it makes me struggle to understand why they wouldn't have wanted him and why they didn't pursue him or, at the very least, talk to him, get some ideas out of him. Well, I think it's a fair question. We don't know both sides of that story. We don't know how willing or unwilling Jim Harbaugh might have been to having that conversation. There's been the suggestion that, in the past when they have had openings and he might have had some interest that maybe it wasn't mutual. And if that's the case, he's the kind of guy that doesn't forget. Mm -hmm. And if Jim Harbaugh 
went into this uh, offseason knowing that there could be an opening in, in Chicago or he would be willing to come back to the NFL, then maybe that was communicated. Or maybe they already know. If there's a rift in a relationship, it's difficult to repair. And that may explain part of it. But if you're talking about qualifications, it's hard to find anybody in this head coaching cycle more qualified for an NFL head coaching job than Jim Harbaugh will be. 312-644-6767. Let's try Mike. Mike's on the road. Hi, Mike. Good morning, guys. I couldn't disagree with you more. It doesn't matter if they draft Caleb Williams or they keep Fields. Unless they fix the offensive line, Fields was a great quarterback at Ohio State when he had guys that could protect them. Lucas Patrick is terrible. Nate Davis was terrible. The last game that Tevin Jenkins played, he was terrible, and he's not always available. So unless and until the Bears get serious about fixing their O-line, it doesn't matter what specialty players they get. And for that, for you guys to be talking about, all oh, this is a generational talent, the guy's running for his life. It's not going to make a difference how talented he is. And selling the quarterback and the pass rusher without fixing the line is just ridiculous, in my opinion. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> It's canceled the season. Yeah, they need help on the offensive line. I'll give <laughs> you do, that. They do. Um, you know who else does is Houston. He was kind of running for his life in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quarterbacks get chased. Pass rushers yeah. get paid. The, in defensive coordinators come after quarterbacks. It's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be a pass rush. What you want to do is you want to find the most qualified quarterback to handle that kind of pressure and to react – in a way that reduces it and helps you move the ball if possible. Not going to be a perfect situation, and the Bears do need an upgrade in the offensive line. Bugsy is in northwest Indiana. Hello, Bugsy. What's going on, fellas? Good. Well, since you guys switched to the Bears, Bears. I uh, like like the like the guy say you got you gotta get an offensive you gotta get an offensive lineman. Um Joe Alt, right there, I definitely wouldn't uh, miss out on him. I, I do like the Marvin Harrison thing with the uh, the wide receiver. But if you think about it, Justin Fields, he has less wins than Zach Wilson. That's something to think about, too, right there. <laughs> In what way? What does that mean? What do you mean? What, that, Justin Fields has fewer wins than Zach Wilson? I think about that. Let that sink in for a little bit. Zach Wilson has more wins than Justin Fields. It's time to give up on Justin Fields. It's not a start. It's not a starting pitcher in baseball. I, that is so overstated. That that statistic. And and look, you're talking to two guys who are encouraging the Bears to move on from Justin Fields, but to to assign him a one loss record based on what has surrounded him is entirely unfair. Zach Wilson is done. They've replaced him. They were forced to play him a little bit this year, but he's already gone. I think that's his point is that, boy, Justin Fields is even worse than Zach Wilson. See, I don't agree I with don't that. either. Yeah. I, I don't either. And I think that's why it's ridiculous to one loss records for starting quarterbacks right. is, can be a, a, a little bit interesting, but it's not always defining because no. it's, it's football. Let's try Jamal. He's in Chicago. Hey, Jamal. Long time no hear, no speak, man. What's going on, man? What's going on, Jamal? Happy Monday, man. 
All right. You guys should wake up and smell the Jaradara, big guy. The ceiling is the arrow is pointing up for the Bears, man. Bears, where they rank at against the run? Number one, least amount of yards given up for the season. Makeshift. How many? We go out and get. How many, listen. How many games they, they lose? Do you, do you remember? Listen to me. They got plenty of. They listen. Listen. Figures. They got. They got plenty of money. They got plenty of money in the number one pick. They not too far off, man. You name me one team in the NFC North with a better running game than the Bears. Yeah, Lions are pretty good. I, I'd say the Lions. I, they got two backs that can get I, it done. They got an offensive line that's better than the Bears. I it's, a, it's a fa- it's a valid point about the Aaron Bears running Aaron Jones game. being healthy. Aaron Jones is pretty dangerous. Isn't yeah. that pretty good? It's pretty good. Bears run the ball well. They have run the ball well because Justin Fields has allowed them to have some big numbers because he's explosive in the running game. Right. And that's a big part. You don't want to fall into a trap of believing, well, your running game is all just fine because you got a quarterback that nobody can tackle. He's the best running back on this team. People think that's an insult. It's not. He's just really elusive. So it skews the numbers a little bit. You've got to run the football well in that division to be able to take a step the Bears want to take. Let's try Tito. Tito's on the south side. Hey, Tito. What's up, Tito? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. So, yeah, so I just want to talk about, you know, watching these games this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, the Packers and the Lions, this is a perfect example of why the Bears need to build through the draft. Getting a quarterback is not going to fix it right now. You look at the Lions, their offensive line uh, through the draft, the defense through the draft, the Packers. You know, through the draft, you know, you know, trading the number one pick, getting a haul for the next couple of years. You're telling me we're not going to get good talent. We absolutely need to. I mean, Justin Fields, I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future. I'm not. But you've got at least two years of him where you don't need to pay him. Okay, build a team around him. And by by his fifth year, if he's not stepping up, fine, get a quarterback. But I'm I'm so sick of this all generational talent, all generational talent. That's what they said about Trevor Lawrence and Vince Young. And look what happened with them. Okay. Hold on. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is pretty good. Pretty good. You had, take him. If he hadn't gotten hurt, they'd have won the division. <laughs> but I mean, did anyone watch that last game where he threw two? Like, threw, yeah, well, he one played game. hurt. He played hurt. He came back, you know, so they could win that. I don't know, man. I mean, Would you take Trevor like, Lawrence? Yes. For the next eight years? Yes. Okay, thank you. I Wouldn't you? Yes. Vince Young is not even in the conversation. No, Vince Young was – a high pick and Vince Young fizzled. was a great college quarterback. Unbelievable. And as an NFL quarterback, he was a great college quarterback. Let's try Ryan. Ryan's in Chicago. Hey, Ryan. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, I really believe that the Bears didn't go after Harbaugh or some of these other big names like a variable is because I don't think Poles wants to hire his replacement. I think these guys come in with a lot of history of success. And they're going to want a major say in player personnel. And I just don't think Bulls wants to go down that route. He'd rather have someone he can have more control over. And, you know, when these, when these, when these draft comes, it's Poles' picks. It's not Harbaugh's picks or Vrabel's picks. I mean, that's why Vrabel got fired from Tennessee. He wanted more say in player personnel. And the GM's mm-hmm. like, no, we'll just get a new coach. And Harbaugh's not going to leave Michigan. When he, yeah, if he does leave Michigan, he's going to go to San Diego or sorry, LA, right. and he's going to get full say in player personnel. He's going to hire his own GM. Okay. I, Jim Harbaugh will have control wherever he goes. Mike Vrabel will want it wherever he goes. Bill the, Belichick would work for anyone who's 40 years younger than him. Exactly. He, 
the the bond between Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus mattered more than people wanted it to. But I do think that's the big reason why they did not move on. Kevin Warren might have wanted to change head coaches. My sense would be, and this is pure speculation. You want to call it informed speculation, whatever. Sure. But I think the reason it took a couple days to get this all sorted out was because they had to have a hard conversation about what to do about the head coaching position. Kevin Warren, ambitious as he sounds, his rhetoric's pretty lofty, probably could have, you could assume he maybe wanted to move on. Ryan Poles, loyal as he is, shares an agent, and maybe, uh, I mean, more than an agent, maybe a, an affinity for power football. Trace Armstrong yeah. is the agent to Poles and Eberflus and now Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. So that's a powerful I connection, guess. right? So I, I guess so. Maybe Ryan Poles was talked out, was talked, or maybe Kevin Warren was talked out of yeah. moving on. Ryan Poles wanted to stay loyal to Matt Eberflus, and here we are. They don't they don't get variable. They're not going to get Harbaugh. You just got to accept the fact that they are maintaining the status quo at that position. Let's try Jerry. Jerry's on the southwest side. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, how are you? I'm going to switch back to the Illini discussion, uh, if you don't mind. And, sure. again, I just, as a longtime fan, I was talking to a friend yesterday who just said it feels like, you know, we're the Alabama basketball team of 2023. It's just dirty and uncomfortable. And uh, it's uh, – uh, but I, I did want to go to it. I, I only heard a little bit of this, but it felt like, David – you, you were maybe stronger in this. Maybe you both have the same opinion. But if, if I'm clear, right, are you saying, David, if you were you were the coach, if you were Underwood, you, you, you would not play him at all? You would you would play him a little bit? What, what was I, your I'm, saying, I'm saying two things. I would be unlikely to play him at all. And here's why. I want to know what changed. Back in December when they made this determination that he was going to be suspended based on the university criteria and the, and the rules that are in place, Josh Whitman was quoted saying this. We care deeply about him, but we also recognize that this situation is incredibly serious and the nature of the allegations is serious, and we have to treat it as such. We've enjoyed watching Terrence this season. In moments like this, though, we have to understand basketball must take a back seat. As a university, we have to take these allegations seriously. That's what we're doing. So I'm asking you, what changed? If you're still believing that, if you're still willing to take that risk that maybe maybe he is innocent, but you have to protect and guard against the idea that maybe he isn't, that you're going to do the right thing. I just want to know what changed because you don't have to play him. He has to be eligible. But if you're a coach, you make your own lineup. Judge doesn't tell you what to do there, right? No, they they clearly want to win, and he helps them win. So why else? I mean, he's been reinstated. You're right. You got the decision to make if you want to play him or not or how much you want to play him or what you want to do. Clearly, they're interested in winning, and, and they want to win, and they they feel like this is to his benefit and it's to their benefit to kind of hide from the bigger story because they now have legal permission. On December 28th, Josh Whitman said, in moments like this, we have to understand that basketball must take a back seat. We're on January 22nd, three weeks later. What's different about that premise? Has the mission statement for the university or the athletic department changed? And if it has, fine. Just explain it to in a way that we understand it. And then we'll have our own judgments and that, opinion then. That's a fair comment. That's a fair way of looking at it. 
644-6767. We'll get back to this in a bit. We've got uh, Vinny Serrato now working in Baltimore, doing a radio show in Baltimore. We're going to talk about how good that team is, how good that quarterback is, <laughs> how um, how they're going to get through the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl. We'll ask him those questions next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It'd be inappropriate if I said it right here. <laughs> it would, you know... But yeah, we wasn't we wasn't really doing anything, you know, to, to that defense. They was playing great and that, that offense was playing great as well, but we wasn't doing our job, you know, with our unit. And second half, we went to punt points on the board, start moving the ball, moving the chains, and start looking like ourselves. Who did most of the talking at that? I did. You did. A lot of cursing at um, halftime. <laughs> That's why I said it was inappropriate. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that's Lamar Jackson on uh, some of the inappropriate stuff he said to his teammates at halftime. And we are uh, uh, delighted to welcome in 105.7, the fans' midday man. He's Vinny Serrato, been around forever, uh, basically de facto GM of – of the uh, Washington Commanders for years and a guy that people locally know well from his recruiting stint at Notre Dame and uh, and obviously with San Francisco. He's been all over the league, and we're delighted to welcome Vinny Serrato to the show. He joins us now on the SCORE hotline, which, of course, is uh, brought to you by the fine folks at uh, – IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Vinny, good morning. How are you? Oh, it's a great day. It's a great day. You know what? I love Chicago. My wife, she went to University of Chicago Medical School. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Great to have you on, Vinny. You know, yep. we're, we're talking about the Ravens and obviously the offensive comparisons to you know, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, but the defense gets overlooked sometimes because of that. Just curious, if you you know the Chicago audience, you look at Roquan Smith and people remember him as a bear. What has he meant to this Ravens team? He's, he's to their defense, he's what Ray Lewis was to their defense, you know, when Ray was playing. He's a leader of that defense. He's one of the leaders of the football team. He made them, the day that he, that he came to Baltimore, they made him a lot better. He made Patrick Queen a pro bowler. And to me, that's what 
great players do. They make other great play, other players around them great. Look at what Kyle Hamilton, you know, look at – they have, what, four pro bowlers you know, on defense? I think a lot of it's Roquan. Um, when you look at that team and you look at how I, – we were talking about it. You got Mahomes, who is a – right now, ready to go into the Hall of Fame, visiting uh, – a, a guy in Lamar Jackson who's probably headed to his second MVP. Maybe he needs a Super Bowl to get into the Hall of Fame, but he's on that kind of a track as well. So you got two great generational talents at quarterback this weekend. How do you uh, how do you break down that matchup? You know the way I you know watching that game yesterday um, offensively with Kansas City. I mean I love Mahomes, but Similar to, like, Houston. I mean, they had Nico Collins and they had Schultz. Tell me, you know, and, and they had Singletary as a running back. Mm-hmm. All right, what does Kansas City have? Rice has picked it up as of late, and they got Kelsey and Pacheco. Same type of thing. I, I just don't think they have the weapons that they've had in the past. And it's going to be a similar situation, you know, for the Ravens' defense. And I think um, Marlon Humphrey will be back this week, and uh, Mark Andrews will probably be back, too. So Lamar Jackson makes history, two running touchdowns, two throwing touchdowns, 150 yards plus in the air, 100 on the ground. Vinny, obviously he's an MVP from a couple years ago, and you look at his evolution as a complete quarterback. How did he develop as a passer, and how far did he have to go from being just this dynamic runner, which obviously is a unique skill that makes him special, but as a passer, he has also improved to the point where he's dangerous as well. What, what was it about his progress and his development that was key? You know, you know what's crazy is in 2018, when he got drafted, I was out to uh, rookie minicamp, and Marty Morningwig was the coordinator at the time. I went over to Marty. I said, Marty, he got a long way to go throwing the football. I mean, his technique and his fun, it was all over the place, you know. And then I think that, uh, Lamar, he kept getting better, but he outgrew the uh, Greg Roman's offense. And I know Greg Roman's interviewing with the Bears, but Lamar's outgrown that offense. He was ready to take it to the next level. And the thing that Greg Roman, he wouldn't allow Lamar to do anything. You know, he had to call every play. Lamar did nothing. And then when Todd Munkin came in, Todd gave him the keys to the car. And by the way, Todd Munkin was a GA at Notre Dame, too, for Lou Holtz. Um, but Munkin gave him the keys to the car, and it says, Lamar, we'll go as far as you are. You're in control. You're in charge. You change things up. Because prior to that, there was a lot of complaints about Lamar saying, oh, you know, he falls asleep in meetings in the morning. He's watching video games all night. But, I mean, he had another. He was a robot for, for Roman. You know, so with Todd, he's studying film all the time. You know, and he's taking his game to the next level. And his throwing, nobody even mentions it anymore that well you know because in 19 when he was the mvp they go to the playoffs and it's like you know what happens if they get behind can lamar throw it and you know keep him in the pocket make him throw the ball nobody says that anymore because you know what he can do it and he can call the blitzes he can do all those things so he is he is zeroed in he's focused i mean i've never seen him like he is right now yeah, I, you know, I got to tell you, they have um, a lot of swagger right now as a football team. Yeah. And John Harbaugh has been a really good coach for a really long time. 
Um, you you think about this game. I believe they're favored by three in the hook. You look at a team like um, Kansas City, and they, you know, you you did a good breakdown of of the weaponry they have, and they are short, and they have dropped a ton of passes this year. What surprised me was Spags got the defense together at the end of the game, and they played well enough to win that game. They shut them down at the end of that game, and you were kind of waiting for that to happen most of the game. They were struggling against the run, and all of a sudden at the end of the game, they managed to win it. Yeah, I'll be I, – I, I, I like Spags. I mean, when I was at the Redskins, we interviewed him to be the head coach. Um when he was at the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. But I, I got a lot of respect for Spag. And they have good they have good players on defense, really good players on defense. And, you know, Jones is going to be an issue. The, the biggest thing is, is is Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, Lamar is kind of the equalizer. I mean, because uh, Josh Allen had a bunch of yards rushing. And uh, Lamar's got the same capability. So their defense is going to be challenged. And the Ravens have a lot of weapons. That That's the thing is, I mean – Odell's he's or Odell's going to make one or two plays in the game. Bateman's picked it up. Zay Flowers, you know, I mean, he's he's awesome in my opinion in space. And then the running game with Justice Hill and stuff, they've been playing well. But Lamar had 100 yards rushing, so there's a lot of things that that defense is going to have to account for. So, Vinny, we know your expertise is talent evaluation, and even though you're in Baltimore, I'm sure you pay attention to the league and what the Bears are facing in terms of this offseason. Debate in Chicago, Justin Fields, bring him back and build around him and trade the number one pick and get all the pieces, or Caleb Williams, who they're vetting and have to do the background, but he is the guy who is considered the consensus best quarterback available. Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams, how would you evaluate that? The only thing is, is the vetting part to me is extremely important because what happened to him the last six games? Why was he so bad? And, you know, I, I'd have to find out those those things, you know, and is, is his dad going to be a pain in the ass? Um, that's another thing. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things off the field that I want to learn about this kid. Does he love the game? Does he love football? Is he going to work? You know, I mean, if he's coming in there, I don't want to be a bear and trade. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want all that. You know, I'd, I'd rather have Justin Fields. And let me just say, if they have Fields, and they bring in Greg Roman, I don't think that's a bad thing because he'll run the offense that they had in 18 and 19, but they got to let Fields be more involved. I mean, because he is, he's as good as it gets running the football. The word this morning is they're hiring uh, Shane Waldron from, um, from Seattle, and he's going to be the offensive coordinator. So it's not, you know, an obvious uh, guy for Justin Fields. It's not an obvious guy for Caleb Williams, and and he's from out there, Williams, right? He's he grew up in the Washington yeah. D.C. area. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's from D.C. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that's the thing. Like, um, I I just there there would be a lot of I don't think they know yet because they haven't had a chance to sit down with the kid. They got to spend so much time with him. I'll, I'll give an example. Like when we were vetting Kellen Winslow and Sean Taylor when I was at the Redskins. You know, I mean, Joe Gibbs was the head coach at the time, and Joe loved tight ends. I mean, he coached Winslow's dad, you know, and, and we liked them both. And then Kellen Winslow comes in, you know, we bring him in for visit. He comes in, and Joe goes to knock on his door to take him to breakfast. He doesn't answer. And then Joe calls me, he says, where's Kellen? I don't know. So he goes up, knocks on the door, and Kellen's like, oh, 
you know. And then he goes up there, you know, late for a meeting. Then he comes over to the facility, and he's sleeping down in the locker room. You know, so red flag after red flag shows up. You know, and thank God we took Sean Taylor. But um, they've got a lot of vetting to do to find out about this kid because he left a lot of question marks to me, in my opinion. So if it's me, and I, I haven't studied him like the Bears guys have studied him, they got to do a lot, a lot of homework, and they got to find people that have been around this kid that they can trust to give information about the kid and why he was so bad at the end of the year. And is he going to be a pain in the ass? You know, because all those things, be the things the on the field stuff, he can play. I just need to know the off. What am I getting? That's what I want. Can he, can he be a bear? Good stuff, Vinny. Got a pick on the way out quickly? Um, I, I think the Ravens, I, I think Ravens Niners again is what I think. And, and I think the Ravens, they're hot. They're playing fast, and I, I don't know, like, when I do the show today at 10, you know, I always ask, I said, Lamar, for the Ravens to win, Lamar and who is going to be the MVP? And to me today, it's Lamar and it's the crowd. They got six penalties for the Ravens, and it's going to be even louder this week. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. And my daughter, she's 14, she said, Dad, we got to go to the game. Taylor Swift's going to be there. <laughs> she's right. That's it. Great point. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Vinny. Vinny, you're the best. You Thank it. you, buddy. That's hysterical. She is going to be there. But does that mean Jason Kelsey, too? Shirtless? Uh, I don't know. Shirtless, he might, please. He might be banned. <laughs> Thank you. You know? I mean, honestly. listen, he can go. His brother's playing. But can oh, you boy. can you keep your shirt on? I, I, what do you think his mom's thinking if she's sitting there? My son's physique is beautiful. I, I think, he, I think she's thinking shirtless. he should eat, she need a salad. Or two. No, she's probably thinking he might need a stint in rehab. <laughs> he did kind of jump over the oh, – jumped God. out of the booth into the stands. Yeah. Very nimble guy. Yeah, for, for a center. man that yeah. big. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to bring in Bruce Lafine next. We'll talk to our baseball guy, Mully and Haw on the score. Baseball. Bruce Levine. It's great to talk some baseball. Score Baseball Insider, covering the Cubs and White Sox for more than 30 years. Bruce Levine is a newsbreaker. Inside the clubhouse co-host, alongside our own David Haw. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover. Great being with you, talking baseball. Bruce Levine. That's a really good question, Bruce. See, Bruce, that has the first hard question. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score always fun to talk to our guy, Bruce Levine. And he joins us now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Bruce, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, you're not going to see a better football game than that yesterday, and Bear fans should not watch anything like that. It's not good for them. Okay? No, Bruce. Bruce, we don't want you out here for your football thoughts. Oh, uh, look, we need I them. covered the Bears for 20 years. Mike was along for the ride. That's Believe right. me when I tell you that you never saw one of those quarterbacks take a step backwards. You never, you never saw them take a sack. And uh, when they had to throw the ball away, they did. So. You can talk about offensive coordinators as much as you want. The progress of the quarterback is where it's going to be at. Well, I want to talk about the 78s. Yes. Because I was telling David, um, I can't believe 
the positive momentum for this thing. Like everybody that I hear from, every story I read, every older woman who speaks seems to be very positive about this idea. And it is rare to hear a lot of momentum about something that the the White Sox are doing. And I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. But and I, like I, I mean, and I don't know what that would be. You know, environmental issues, uh, a Here, lack, you guys, a, a you, need for personal financing. <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but there's something have, out there. Mike, you've lived in Chicago and your whole life, and David, you're in Chicago and you have been for for multiple years. So, what works in Chicago is everybody gets something out of it. Okay. And in a case like this, I think everybody gets something out of it, especially as I'm told that that Chicago taxpayers are not going to pay a higher price than they already are just to have the ballpark. Okay, so if you think about all the positives, tell me about the negatives. The only negatives you can say is, well, it'll be the same ownership. You don't like the ownership. They're still not going to spend money on uh, players, and we'll have the same deal we have right now if that's what you worry about okay i I get your rant other than that i I just see positives all along the Mm. way how can this be anything but a positive for chicago chicago fans and uh for baseball in general it's 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 got to be a slam dunk if it can get done the way we're being told it will well tell us more about that if you know it because that is a non-starter bruce we know public funding can't be part of this and yet I would be skeptical if any plan includes just full private, you know, funding of this because it just doesn't sound like Jerry Reinsdorf is that would be his style necessarily. Are there investors involved? Are there minority owners that could be getting involved? You reported this on Saturday inside the clubhouse. Have you learned anything since? Well, the property's already owned. Okay, so do we know if the the, the White Sox are going to own this or lease this? Right. Uh, will they have another 30-year lease on a property? We don't know that, okay? So going into that, we we have to assume a few things. But nonetheless, it's, it's going to be a long-term deal that should benefit everybody. Uh, as we talked about on Saturday, David, uh, we, we, we we're told that the tax base wasn't going to go higher just because of this ballpark. Now, it's Chicago. It's Illinois. Will taxes continue to go up for other reasons? Of course, from time to time, that, that's an inevitable. We know that. But f- for this ballpark to go up there and the, to bring in the revenue and the jobs uh, back to downtown area, uh, I just uh, I, don't, I don't see how it can do anything but uh, be a winner. Now, I'm told that if this thing's going to get done, that it's going to get done rather quickly. Rather quickly could mean two weeks, the next month, but rather quickly. Those are the things we know. And uh, I don't know. You can pick out anything you like about what you don't like about it, Mike and David, but I, 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 don't, I don't see any losing here. No, I, I got – I mean, I look at that photo and I'm like, oh, my God, that's where you put home plate. The rendering? That's what you, oh, oh, my God. Oh, it takes your breath away. It's unbelievable. That skyline, the, the, and then the you, view from the ballpark. You can oh. kind of create your own version of Wrigleyville. I know that sounds crazy. But there's a lot of room in that site to do all sorts of cool stuff, and and here's hoping. I, I'm all, I I'm gung ho about it, 
And as David said, it's like the best thing that seems to have happened with the White Sox since, you know, Tim Anderson hit a homer in the cornfield. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the interesting thing is, you know, there's a lot of dislike for Jerry and the ownership. I get it. I understand it. Uh, I I don't argue against it because you you don't argue against fans and their perception. They're entitled to it. They've earned it over the years. I will tell you this. Of the two stadiums that have been built in Chicago since 1920, okay, over 100 years since the, the, the Chicago Stadium and uh, at Wrigley Field and uh, the ballpark on the south side, the two stadiums that have been built have been because of Jerry Reinsdorf and his groups, okay? The one, uh, whether you like the way it was in 1988, uh, getting it pushed through and then eventually 1991 being... Uh, the new cell or the or the uh, United Center both have been uh, created by Jerry Reinsdorf and his ownerships. So, like it or not, he's the guy that's got stadiums built in Chicago over the last hundred years. Here's thirty seconds. How much of this is being driven by Jerry Reinsdorf's quest to change his legacy or to leave one, and how much of this is being driven by profit? He's always cared about the fan base. He also cares about the bottom line, and that's the thing that is different about Jerry. He's not afraid to say we're not going to lose money, okay? So the argument about never having had a $100 million ball player, you know, that sticks in the craw of a lot of people. We talked about it again Saturday. Spending $100 million on a player doesn't necessarily make you successful, but these revenues would make the White Sox able to go out and do those things that they haven't done in recent years. Bruce, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Bruce. All right, guys. Have a great day. Yep. Boy, that is exciting. It is exciting. No, there's no doubt about it. He said two weeks or a month. I mean. The announcement could be coming that fast. Well. It sounds like it's already far afield. Would you agree that Reinsdorf talking to, to local politicians, briefing them, suggests that Bruce's timeline might be accurate? Well, I think Kevin Warren, uh, Call Jerry and find out how to get a building built in Chicago. What do you think? Or in the vicinity? Yeah. In Chicago land? There you go. (laughs) Yeah, how how thought the Bears were going to be behind the White Sox in the search for a new stadium? What the heck's? How'd that happen? What the heck's going on? (laughs) My kids said when they were little. It's Molly and Haw. We've got Stacey Dales joining us next. She was in Detroit. We get a chance to talk. To Stacy, Molly and Hall on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.